This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside it. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there this is a headgum podcast in 86 nm martin wrote the first book what became a cult now it's time the babysitter's club oh wow katie ariana that was great <laughs> thank you so much for being here uh great it was you've... such a fun great segment we just had oh wow you've got it all so 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 wrong so what do you wrong. mean we haven't introduced the show we haven't told the Baby Nation that it's a mystery. We haven't told the Baby Nation that a mystery involves an interview. We haven't told that the interview today is with Katie and Ariana, and we haven't done the interview yet. Huh. We haven't thrown to it yet. I'm confused because it's all... I know like we don't record our parts of the episode at the same time as when we talk to our guests, but right. I get very confused about like what the timeline is and where stuff falls. Because yeah. we haven't talked to them yet. We were going to talk to them first, but Ariana was out with a cold, so we're talking to them in a couple days. Yeah, Ariana. So, but so now, does, so has that happened already? Well, here's what I can tell you. No, it hasn't happened already. It will have happened uh, by the time we release this episode. Great. We're not the only ones who read a book today. Yeah. Uh, as, as mentioned, uh, Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini 
Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini. Are, authors have have joined us are joining us they're, are with us now okay here's what here's what happened have joined us let me say it uh. Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini if I, their names are starting to sound strange to me authors of the hit novel did we get it wrong is it Katie Rebellini and Ariana Haney I can't remember now we've said it so many times uh, now <laughs> yeah no uh, you're getting it wrong uh. I keep getting it right I consistently get it right you get it wrong by interrupting me Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini, authors of the hit novel, Pubic Relations. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> it sounds Woo. good, doesn't it? Yeah, hear that, kid? It's, it's, I think it's kind of appropriate for the, the yeah. tenor of the story as well, which is about uh, a young woman who falls in love with a handsome British pop star. Their novel, which I'm reading at the moment, has been described as... The book equivalent of doing sex on Harry Styles himself and also Frenching with him where everyone has their underpants off. Who said that? Uh, that's, uh, that's my review of it so far. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so they, they have been on the show. They will be on the show, and they currently are on the show. They are uh, timeless. They exist in all moments. They're like <laughs> Dr. Manhattan from <laughs> The Watchmen. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have been here. They always will be here. Right now, I think they're just they're just kind of watching over us, yeah, from afar. Right at some and this point, is, this is all kind of assuming that we're going to be able to get our shit together well enough to actually record their voices onto digital audio. I think. Well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna burst that bubble for you a little bit. I think okay. that is highly unlikely, <laughs> given our recent audio problems of having two humans talk to each other, introducing two timeless beings right. into that mix yeah i think it's very unlikely that we're going to actually lay down any uh, usable audio from their interview we're going to throw to them and it's just going to sound like a beautiful symphony a choir of a thousand <laughs> angelic voices all singing at once and like we'll have to fine-tune our instruments to like <laughs> see if we can pick up their actual like human voices <laughs> Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Should we just practice? What's the most perfect note? E flat. You want? Should we both do it? Just do an E flat. I think Ready? we should both sing a few notes and then I'll layer them together in post. Okay. 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 Good. So you go a few notes first. Hi, hi, and, and welcome. welcome. And we'll layer all that together. It'll be beautiful. Okay. So you're gonna use audio wizardry because I think this is your edit to make us sound. Roughly equivalent to the angelic choir yeah. that is also going to be the sound of Katie and Ariana. That's Yeah, I think for very, very good measure, and this yeah. is overkill, but I think it's going to be necessary because I know us well enough to know that our audio is going to sound awful, and I'm extremely sorry for that, Baby Nation. We try our best, but we just can't figure out how to record more than two people at once. On... We're very sorry. We're very sorry. We love you, and we kiss you. It's going to sound bad, but just in case, as insurance, should mm -hmm. we conduct the entire interview now as kind of a dry run? Okay. Uh, and you be Katie. Okay. And I'll be Ariana. I was trying to inhabit the role of Katie Haney. She's a very complicated woman and author of a hit novel. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure that I can tall, do that, but I can try. She's taller tall. than you. She's twice my height. Um, if her recent social media is any indication, she's a big fan of millennial pink. 
Millennial pink. What's that? Oh, the it's a new shade of pink that millennials invented. Okay, I can use it's that. It's beautiful. I it's almost like beyond the spectrum of what we're capable of seeing. Okay, good. I'm going to use that. Tall millennial pink. Are we also going to do us in this? Because that's going to get very complicated. I think so. Let's give it a, a test run. Uh, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club. My name is Tanner Greenring, and with me today I have uh, Katie Haney. Uh, Katie Haney, how are you doing today? I think it's going to yeah. be hard for me to do me and Katie. Here, you do me, and I'll tell you. I'll show you kind of like where I think I'm going to come from. You want me to be you? No, you. I, yeah, and I'll be Ariana. Okay. Uh, hi, hi. Oh, sorry. Hi, hi. And welcome to the Babysitters Club Club. This is Ta- uh, Tanner. Uh, I'm here with uh, Ariana Rebellini. Hello. Oh, you sound uh, you sound pretty angelic, Ariana. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, and uh, this is Jack. I'm also here. Uh, no, no, I'll be. I'll be you. And, okay. Uh, and and this is Jack. <laughs> Thank you both for being on our show. <laughs> Katie. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. <laughs> this is the sound of the purest millennial pink from the highest of heights. That's good. I th- I'm going to run that through like uh, uh, some filters and make it yeah. just sound really beautiful and celestial. Okay, good. You think that's enough material uh, for us to cover the entire interview portion? If you say some like key phrases, okay, uh, I can probably patch together an entire right, episode I'll... from that. Pubic relations. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Just say, I'm a Christie. <laughs> oh, right. I'm a real Christie. <laughs> I think we got it. You think we got it? I'm going to call them right now and cancel. Or I will have called them in the past and canceled. Well, you will have... Baby Nation. If what you heard sounded like a lot of uh, beautiful, beautiful angels singing, it could have been us. But it may mean that, in fact, we didn't use this last little piece of material, and we got the full interview with Katie and Ariana. We managed to capture them in a in temporal form. In a temporal form. Right. Good. That's do so you, complicated. Do you want to... You know what else is complicated? What? We have to talk about this book now and then oh, yeah. talk about it again, or we will have talked about it already. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, let's introduce this fucking podcast. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels of Prince and Zone, Princess Anne Matthews Martin, Soul Skinner, Bat Bane, Storm Walker, Sanctified. This week, Baby Nation, uh, we're doing something a little different. It's not as different as the last time we did this, because the last time we did this was the first time we did this. But it was such a roaring success that we're fucking right back in the saddle. We're doing it again. We are reading a Babysitter's Club Mystery. mystery last time we did this uh we also it was with our friends holland and kelsey and we appeared on their show whatever it takes a degrassi podcast mm-hmm. uh katie and ariana did not invite us to co-author their book with them right so but i think this is just kind of a one-way street this time i think that 
like there's there's a there's a quid pro quo with these things. And so Oh, they're going to share some of the profit. We're doing the quid and they'll figure out what the pro quo is. I think maybe it means that we get rights to co-author their next book with them no matter what or we get to choose to help co Four person co-author seems unwieldy. Yeah, it's going to be unpleasant. It's going to be bad. Right. Um Can we just take like Let's say four points off the back end. Two for you, two for me. Okay. You think uh, they'd agree of, to that? Off of their hit novel. Katie and Ariana, if you agree to us taking four points off the back end of your hit novel, mm-hmm. uh, now you do your Katie. Yes, we agree. Yep. That sounds like, that sounds just... like that's a, a sealed deal. And now that you have sealed that deal, Katie and Ariana, as two co-authors ourselves... Tanner and I have a book, Baby Nation. I can tell you a little uh, industry secret. Four points on the back end is basically all you're going to fucking get. Not That's all we got? <laughs> yeah. So I think we got all of their points. Their book is already uh, massively more popular. <laughs> They're more popular than we are, and their book is more popular than our book ever was. Yeah, that's probably true. So I think we're going to make a tidy sum off of four points on the back end. This feels good. This feels good. What were we doing? We talk about a book. We still haven't said what the book is. It's a Babysitter's Club mystery. I haven't said the fact that uh, what when we do a mystery, that means we do an interview. That's what all this fucking interview talk interview. is about. We have guests. We have guests. We don't interview them. We make them read the book and we make them participate. Yeah, good. All right. We have, we have guests. Uh, it's a menage a quatre when we do a... <laughs> mystery what (laughs) my wife's in the house (laughs) um so when we read a mystery we we bring some folks on uh to to who are fans of the babysitters club franchise uh to to give their unique take we're gonna throw this is a technical term we're gonna throw to that interview a little bit later first i'm gonna tell you what the mystery is it's babysitter club mystery number two beware dawn uh it's a scary one. It's a very, very scary one. Beware, Dawn. There's an It's Babysitter's point. Club mystery number two. Katie and Ariana read it. They'll talk about what they got out of the book a little later. But first, we'll talk about what we got out of the book. Oh, wait. Now. We describe it. We'll describe it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So what what we'll do is I'll describe the book and then you describe the book, right? Just like we do in uh, yeah. the regular podcast. I think that's fine. Uh, continuing. Uh, a now hallowed tradition from when we do Babysitter's Club Mysteries, Tanner. I didn't have a lot of fucking time today to write a pithy, eloquent description of this novel. Oh, oh, check, check, check. Yeah. I don't need your fucking excuses. It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. Uh, so what I did uh, was I took someone else's work and uh, slotted look in. At, look at my face. Look how skeptical I am. Yeah, you tan- I, can, I can confirm that Tanner looks pretty fucking skeptical. I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to be surprised at how well this works. What I did uh, when I realized that the, the day was coming to a close and I hadn't written a description of this book and I was rushing home to come and, and talk to you, my, my dear friend, uh, and I didn't want to keep you waiting, is I grabbed the IMDb write-up of the 2007 film Zodiac. Okay. About the Zodiac killer. Right. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's good. I haven't seen it either, uh, but it, it fit the bill, and I just I, I substituted babysitter names. So can we just do that, and then we'll have you fill in the details? Yeah. All right. I'm going to begin describing this book now. In the early 1990s, fear grips the city of Stony Brook as a dangerous criminal called 
Mr. X stalks its residents. Investigators Don Schaefer, Claudia Kishi, and Jesse Ramsey become obsessed with learning the criminal's identity and bringing him to justice. Meanwhile, Mr. X claims victim after victim and taunts the babysitters with cryptic messages, ciphers, and menacing phone calls. Beware, Dawn. It seemed a little like you didn't, like you just were kind of reading that for the first time. You didn't really patch the names or locations in yet. Yeah. And you kind of had to do it on the fly. <laughs> uh-huh. A little bit, a little bit. But uh, do you or do you not agree that it that is actually maybe a 100% accurate description of this novel? It was pretty accurate. I was only about 30% paying attention. <laughs> do you, what happens? What happens? Is it that is it that you get bored or is it that you, you start, you're like, oh shit, I'm up next? Um, should I do the book now too? Mm. Should I do it better? Okay, good. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this very big and very bad clock, and I'm going to have you describe the book. Fine. Okay, you ready to start? Let's start now. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Don, um, the, so the babysitters catch wind of this competition happening. All the so their charges are doing the Best Babysitter of the Month Awards, where they give out an award for the Best Babysitter. Uh, they all get very competitive with one another. It's a competition. It's, a, it's an adversarial book. Uh, and they all start kind of getting at each other's throats and trying to prove they're the best babysitter. Meanwhile, Dawn starts to receive these uh, threatening uh, phone calls and notes while she's babysitting. Uh, she picks up the phone and no one's there. It's just like phantom phone caller all over again. And there are these like uh, ransom notes outside the houses of all the places that the babysitters are babysitting that say like, you're going to die, babysitters, signed Mr. X. Uh Let's see. God, what else happens? Um, Jesse gets a bouquet of roses with the heads cut off, and it turns out that it was that little boy, Mel, who's only ever been mentioned once. He's a bully, and he got in trouble because the girls told on him for calling the Hobarts Crocs, and he did this out of revenge. Time! Killer, man. You killed it. You look... I've never seen Danner look so prideful. You look like you know you fucking killed it. Yeah, I'm hard as a rock right now. (laughs) That's great to hear. (laughs) Oh, good. That's how, what I was hoping to hear. Yeah. About what, how you are. <laughs> yeah, he's confirming it for me now over Skype. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's good. That's good to know. <clears throat> I got it all. Yeah, you got it all. I like these mysteries, man. Oh, man. It's good, clean babysitting fun. It's good, clean babysitting fun. I love a mystery. Everyone's just having a good time. Everyone's having a blast. And they're like they're like a thousand times more chill. In a regular The babysitters yeah, or the books? The babysitters. Like in a regular babysitters club book, if Christy realizes that this week she has more homework than she can handle, it's like a fucking like all hands on deck crisis, you know? Right. And they all get in a big fight, and tensions flare, and like the BSC almost dissolves. And then you get a mystery, and it's like a serial killer is like cutting off dolls' heads and leaving them on your front doorstep, and calling you and doing heavy breathing. And everyone's like, "Ah, uh, it seems cool. We'll probably work this out together." I kind of have this theory that the mysteries are an alternate like timeline or universe. Yeah, that's what we decided in the first book. I feel like it's substantiated. In this second, there are all these like these new characters. Like there was that Auntie Jackie in the last one. Yeah, Joey in Conklin. One, in this one, they snuck this like 
new boy in right at the end? Did you catch him? Uh-uh. Who? Uh, an explosion of giggles was her only answer. I opened the door. A crowd of kids was in the hallway looking at me with mischievous smiles. Jamie Newton was there and Nikki Pike and Charlotte and Becca. I saw David Michael and Jackie Radowski. The Pike triplets were on their way up the stairs and Adam was shouting, wait for us. Even Zach Wolfson was there. What? Who? No one. It's like there's all these like new babies. Uh, Christy is like un, like remarkably laid back. Yeah. Two different meetings in this book. She lets the clock go past 530. Oh, yeah, totally. Like giggling and having fun with the, the babysitters. Yeah, I think this is we've discussed in the in the previous Babysitters Club mystery that this is probably an alternate timeline this is like earth two right yeah and i think that yeah these are different babysitters like christy is just like it's like what if christy but like a little bit more cool right um hey you know what we should do tanner we should we should throw to our soon to be had interview katie uh and uh katie rebelini ariana hey, hey uh do you do you guys do your do your damn thing you guys oh, lay down hang on um you guys put your th- thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> They're so not here. That was actually really good, Missy Elliott, backwards. <laughs> that was okay. So you did one thing right, you did one thing wrong. The thing you did oh. right, and I'm going to, it's this is what's called a compliment sandwich. The thing you did right is you fucking did a killer Missy Elliott backwards impression. That's Thank you. very, very good. The thing you did wrong is Katie and Ariana are not here. What we're going to do is. We're going to throw, it's called, it's a, it's a audio, it's a radio term called throwing to the interview. So we're going to, th- I'm going to throw it's to the interview. It's not an interview. It's, it's just a guest appearance. Okay. Throwing to the guest appearance. I'm okay. Th- I take that note of criticism. I accept it. And I'll okay. incorporate it into, into my future takes at this. Oh, wait, I got to do another compliment sandwich. And then you have to um, do another compliment. Uh, sorry. You are very nice. Oh. <laughs> That's called pubic relations. <laughs> Uh, do you well, think Katie and Ariana are going to like the fact that we've called their fucking hit book that they probably spent a long time working on pubic relations instead of public relations we have yet to call it by its real name the, the book is actually called public relations it's called public relations it's called public relations Katie, Ariana, how did you get into that um, role? Tanner, they're not here they're oh, not oh, physically oh. present wait, wait, wait wait <laughs> I'm going to throw to the guest appearance by our good friends, Katie and Ariana. Um, Coming right up now. I don't know how to do it. Coming right up now (laughs) is our interview that we will have had. Katie and Ariana are going to put their thing down, flip it, and reverse it. (laughs) Katie and Ariana. Throw it to you two. You have lift. How's Austin? It's good. It's dope. Tanner, you're moving there? No, never. <laughs> um, Tanner says he'll move here if he can get a goat, which I think is more likely here than in Brooklyn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sure. Two goats. <laughs> Two goats? Come on, man. <laughs> well, they, um, goats are great because they'll you don't have to mow your lawn, and goats do it for you, is what I hear. See? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. They do the landscaping. Yeah, you can just, like, that's everyone in Austin just rides around on a goat. <laughs> shirtless drinking a shiner bock mo- and mowing their lawn with the goat what a dream it's fucking dope <laughs> well we're excited to talk about this book yeah we're excited to talk about your hit book public relations oh my gosh thank you thank you so much 
I'm reading it. Are you oh, really? Good. Yeah, I'm reading a what's called a galley copy. Oh, okay. oh you couldn't even be bothered to buy it, huh, Jack? Way to <laughs> yeah. support our way to support our friends. <laughs> well, that is the one that I drunkenly signed for you. I yeah, that's party. that's the one I'm reading. Nice. You know what my book says inside it on the first page, Tanner? What? It, this book couldn't have happened without you. It's true. Jack hired me. <laughs> Mine's not even signed. <laughs> I was sentimental and drunk, and it was Jack's going away. <laughs> Jack, I'm in Austin with you currently. In, yeah, correct? in another room, though, so you may as well not be. <laughs> Katie and Ariana, you guys are back in Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. literal feet away from my old apartment, my old life in Brooklyn. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Not true anymore. We are in. Yeah, we're in. Oh, don't sorry. don't triangulate. Oh. Don't triangulate. <laughs> sorry, I don't like, triangulate. Baby Nation will track you down. <laughs> yeah, knocking on my door. Um, but yeah, so a little, you know, close. Yeah, we're in Brooklyn. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited. Yeah, thank you for coming on. We've not we've not had uh, successful novelists on our podcast before, so this is a first. <laughs> well, um, no, we're thrilled. We're excited to you know, lend our um, novelist expertise to these works of art. You know. Yeah. Well, Katie already uh, weighed in with a B grade for this book yeah. over email. Oh, I so you were going to make that public. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, I do want to speak to that. We, we, we're, we're transparent on Babysitter's Club yeah. Club. No, it was good. It was good. It was, you know, I read these all when I was a kid. I'm sure I would have given it an effusive A plus at that time. Um, yeah. But no, it was, it was solid. It was nice. because I'm pretty sure I did read this one when I was younger. But I think that I must have had a lot more lenience for the unique um, narrative structure, the perspective. I'm sorry to like jump right into it, but like, it's that's a lot of detail that Dawn seems to recall from stories that like Claudia told her, yeah. you know. So I was like, oh okay, that's how. She told me later. She told me later that she felt scared. It's like yeah. okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The notebook. There's a chance, and maybe this is what you're pitching that these girls all share one kind of hive mind. It it does seem likely, honestly. I think. Is that how bees communicate? <laughs> I think so. I think they waggle their butts, oh, and, and they, they have like they have like a diary where they write in right, about right, like right. pollen collection, and then they can <laughs> understand. They can see inside each other's minds. I think so. I think she said so and so told me later, but she's saying that so we don't think it's weird that she already knew and felt all of the other girls' right. feelings. Right, like almost like a. I, I mean, yeah, she told me that. You know, not like yeah. I knew intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like the Babysitter Club notebook must be really extensive. Takes them hours to fill out after every job, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like reading it, especially if it's a Claudia entry, it's got to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always get confused when they do those double entries where they like write on the page together yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how we Yeah, wrote that our... shit does not work. Oh, that's how you wrote your book? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like writing <laughs> over each other. Yeah. Like she wrote page three, I wrote page four right next to her. <laughs> But you didn't read page three first. You no, just like I just I just went for it. Yeah. I'm glad to know that because it is a thing that I've been thinking as I'm reading your book. It's like <laughs> keeping like which which part is Katie, which part is Ariana. Is there a secret to it, or is it just like is it now so much the both of you that it melds into each other? 
the latter, I hope, and I think. Um, I think we sound, we have very similar voices and that for the most part we can remember who wrote what, but there are parts where we're not so sure ourselves. Yeah, we tried to like, we experimented a little bit. So at first we were writing like chapter by chapter, but then we didn't want such a clean break. So we were doing kind of just like arbitrary, like, I don't know, 3000 words, and then you pass it back. But now we've both been over it so many times that literally I was like, oh, this paragraph that you wrote. And she was like, I thought you wrote that. It's, we don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. Well, yeah. it, it feels seamless, so that's important. So, so you, Ariane, you also give this a B, this novel? I would, I would say I'd give it a B as well, yeah. Okay, um, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I like these mysteries a lot, too. I think it's a good... So we, we've already talked about this book a little, and we've discussed the idea that these mystery books are an Elseworld, mm, okay. that they're kind of like an alternate universe to the main Babysitter's Club storyline. Right. Um, and I like what they're doing with them. It, they, they kind of strip out all of the teen drama and all of the uh, fighting between 13-year-old girls, and they turn it into... Um, paranormal spooky intrigue yeah right and the drama between girls and fighting is i think what i most prefer to read about so i think that's why it's tough like Like we just we just read a book uh for an upcoming episode called dawn's family feud and it's it's just i just can't like i'm grown so close to these girls i just can't handle it when they fight yeah. anymore and like don and marianne are just at each other's throats the whole way through the book and it's it's not fun to read yeah yeah well um, not a 13 year old girl though you know that's true i was nervous you know when they were talking about like we can't we can't compete again you know like we don't want to compete again and i, I thought it was interesting is like i feel like the babysitter's club has a very specific idea of what competing means and <laughs> it, it only means like like just backstabbing each other like yeah. they're like competing is off limits and then someone would be like well i'm gonna try to be a good babysitter and they're like that's competing it's don't like, do you it can try <laughs> to win a competition like yeah and that was an uh, and christy's fooling nobody she's obviously trying very hard yeah 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 so i'm not do you think christy was maybe the mastermind behind this whole mystery to begin with i got worried for a minute there when they said like oh she's acting a little weird and like not alarmed enough but I sort of think that that was more just her controlling nature and she doesn't want to let the other sitters see that she's nervous because she knows that she needs to be sort of strong for all of them Mm -hmm. I think the true villains are the children of Stony Brook who set up this like Machiavellian contest to to find and declare the greatest babysitter yeah and I'm wondering so if you guys caught this and forgive me if you guys already discussed it, but right in chapter one, when Dawn is babysitting and she's talking about like them playing in the yard and she says, the boys were in a circle passing a soccer ball back and forth in some complicated pattern that I didn't quite understand. And that was like, that's like dark shit. Like that was like, you a think rit- it was a pentagram. Absolutely. Like that was like some ritualistic pattern here. Um, right off the bat. So I definitely agree. I think like the kids are the masterminds of this. It was like Lovecraftian. Yeah. Like the pattern was so complex that like her human mind couldn't conceive yeah, like, it. I don't know. I can, I can conceive enough that there is something going on, but I couldn't tell you what it means. And that's what manifested this Mr. X character. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I know that like the interpretation that Anne leads you to is that Mr. X is this guy, Mel Tucker. Mm-hmm. This child, um, I do think having read a number of these that when you introduce someone like Mr. X, 
there are definitely a number of different possible interpretations for who or what Mr. X is. Um, I think it's possible that it's Christy, honestly. Huh. I think that in some ways it's also like it's a, it's a metaphor for their hubris. Mm. Like Mr. X is the manifestation of like the overweening pride that these babysitters have in like wanting to win the sitter of the month competition, which is like the real tension there is like they let that desire, that ambition, that vauntless ambition get in the way of what they should be caring about, which is babysitting. That makes sense to me. It's their it's their collective dark passengers. Right. Made real. Yeah. Um, yeah. I noticed the um the doll thing. What is Yeah, there was good did you guys talk about doll theory already? No, no I don't we, think didn't. we did. But yeah, so somebody is killing dolls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean in that, this book. and decapitating them and I don't think that that head was ever found. No, they never followed up on that. Where's the head? Yeah. Uh, so I've got a I've got a passage for for Baby oh. Nation. Just then, the doorbell rang. Aha! I had a feeling it wasn't Avon calling, if you know what I mean. I made a mad dash for the door, hoping to catch Mr. X in the act, but he was too quick for me. By the time I threw the door open, nobody was there. Nobody, that is, except Lucy's doll. And Lucy's doll was missing her head. That is some dark, dark shit. It really is. Mr. X was very heavy. I was surprised. I couldn't, I didn't remember it being so sinister, but to wipe baked beans all over someone's entryway is really messed up. Yeah, that's messed up. That was very visceral to me because like growing up, we had a wooden deck as well. And it's like, I was thinking about that and like baked beans would get between each of those slots Yeah, and it would just be like impossible to clean out. Yeah. Also like how many baked beans would you need like to cover an entire deck? Like I, it just, it's really, I think it's interesting that you guys think that Mr. X is sort of like there themselves. I sort of read him almost as like, a Reddit pickup artist (laughs) because he first was like best wishes from your secret admirer. And then he's like, he's noticing that the girls do not respond the way that he wants them to. And he starts nagging them and leaving them these like ostensibly presents, but he wants to like confuse them and mess Mm -hmm. with their minds. And he doesn't like to see women succeeding in this competition of good babysitting. That makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, in the like pickup artist books that I've read, it's uh, like they say compliments first, then uh, baked beans, um, and then if that doesn't work, the, the fastest way to a girl's heart is a headless doll on the doorstep. I mean, who among us has not been won over by a dead <laughs> Yeah. Well, because also, and and this was something that I thought was an interesting uh, thorough line was was this idea of like the girls blaming themselves, which is a very victim blaming kind of thing, which also fits in the yeah. pickup artists that they consistently were like, this means I'm a bad babysitter that this like fucking Mr. X is doing creepy shit. Like, yeah. and they're like, it's you. our fault. It's yeah. You. It's him. It's him. They're turning against each other. He wants you to turn <laughs> against each other. God, Jack and I are just cogs in this machine. Cause our first instinct was to blame these girls yeah, for this, out. for this persona that they created. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're caught up in it. 
I thought it was very sweet when Christy was like, Marianne, this is not your fault. Because they all thought it was their fault, which is so weird. Yeah, well, and they also didn't like share with each other that it was happening. Uh, that Okay, that's why I was going to say that it has to be maybe the main reason I gave this a B and not an A is I hate plots that rely on people who talk to each other all the time not talking to each other. It's like this just doesn't like you have hours and hours they pour into these reports. They meet each other constantly and nobody thinks that they should bring this up. It doesn't make sense. Like, I agree generally. And I think like that's it's like the Dumbledore problem where it's like, why don't you just fucking tell Dumbledore, dudes? Yeah. Like it's going to be a lot easier. But in these books and this is like I'm. I've read enough of them now that like that the fact that that didn't happen means that Anne has some ulterior motive. Like there's a reason they're not talking to each other. It's not expressed. Um, but I don't know, like it may have something to do with this like pentagramic ritual. It may have something to do with, uh, like their, their rivalry. Um, but there's, there's, there is something behind. Yeah. Uh, what, well, this like, is an else world too. So it's yeah. like, maybe these girls just aren't as close of friends in this universe. I do, I do like the Elseworld theory. I mean, I think it it answers some questions then, and like feeds into their distrust of each other. Um, yeah. Can I ask a question? Um, how do you feel about let's all come in? Oh man, <laughs> let's all. We're still come trying in. to wrap our heads around the rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it I just, comes up a lot. Okay, it's just you know, I mean, I feel like the game sounds fun, but like. That's a bad name. Like, let's all come in. I don't know. Just, yeah, it did not go at all the direction I yeah, thought it was going. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the name of, a like, a British sitcom about a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> let's all come in. I mean, it's also something that you would say at the beginning of a seance. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You guys are experts in the... Um, Dark arts. The other side, right? Yeah, that's true. Maybe that is why I immediately was like, oh, complicated pattern. Yeah. Um, is that what you say to ghosts when you try to communicate okay. with them? Close enough, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for Baby Nation, Let's All Come In is a game that has recurred a number of times in these novels. But it, it's, it's a game that Karen Brewer has invented uh, where they all pretend to be in a ho guests at a hotel. But I do think that it tends to coincide with like some weird shit happening. Like they open the doors by saying, let's all come in. And then next thing you know, there's like like dead dolls on your doorstep. Yeah. I think that the problem here is that let's all come in. Anyone who does occult witchcraft kind of things, you know if you're opening a door, you need to close it. You need a closing ceremony. And there uh, is no there's no let's all get out. Like no. they yeah. just that's it. It's open and and you there's just havoc that you've welcomed into the world and you have not been like, okay, that's all bye. Like anytime you're doing a ceremony, you're like, thank you for your time, spirits. Um, it's the same way where if you suspect you have a ghost in your house, you're supposed to ask it kindly to leave. Yeah, like, please, thank you. I appreciate you coming, but I would like you to leave now. And, and then they, they'll go. Yeah, and then they go. They're fine. But yeah, they didn't do it. I was going to say, let's all get out does feel a little peremptory. Like if you said that <laughs> after a dinner party or something, it would feel <laughs> feel rude. Let's all get out. Um, <laughs> hey, let's all get out. <laughs> if Karen, if every time Karen has has played a game of let's all come in, she's opened up a portal and invited a being into our universe. That would make sense why these books have progressively gotten weirder and weirder. Maybe it's let's all go home, you know? Yeah, like, that's all. Kind. Uh, say goodbye. <laughs> go back where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> this dinner party is over. It's over. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that's, I like that. I like thinking of it as an occult. Mr. X is a dark name. 
I felt like it was implied by calling him several names, including Mr. X and nobody and whatever, that it's definitely a network and not an individual. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this like babysitter of the month thing that they dreamed up. It's just the kids. I didn't even understand. I don't either. Like it's- what the competition is. It's not gonna, it's probably, I mean, probably the Stony Brook News would cover it because <laughs> they'll fucking cover anything, but. I mean, I know like Stony Brook cares so much about the Babysitter's Club, but I like was especially struck that like at the end when Don's like, and I spread the word about this babysitting gig I would have on Saturday, like knowing that all she has to do is like mention that she's babysitting somewhere and like the town would take care of the rest. Like, oh, did you hear Don's going to babysit at this yeah. place on this day? And like, the kids were going to like get involved enough to be like set the trap. I, I think like the town is really involved in, in the Babysitter's Club in a very unusual way. Um, well, they have a proliferation of babies. Right. There are more people under the age of eight in Stony Brook than any other age group. <laughs> yeah. It's like the opposite of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> but like equally dystopian. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back I'm, in. But now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep At playing as much 000. as you want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. But, it's in, uh, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite size. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? 
tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways too? Yeah. <laughs> and I tried that as well because someone, I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends and I just. I, this is not their fault. I can tell you. This is not their fault. And phone. the game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh. There's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> I mean, equally dystopian, but it's like, it's like what, what if The Handmaid's Tale, but opposite? Like, too many fucking babies. Well, I will say that, like, when I, because I read these books when I was, like, 10, I think, and I was like, yes, like, we need a babysitter's club, too, but you can't have a babysitter's club with multiple girls in a, in a regular town, because there just aren't enough babies. Did you try to make one? Yeah, I did try to make one. I tried to make one, too. I, I think a lot of girls probably did, and then I was like, oh, you need more babies, sorry. And you need, like, a group of girls who are maybe 12 (laughs) to be willing to, like, regularly meet with you and, and, like, share business plan, and it's like, that doesn't, that's hard. Yeah. So my props to Christy, honestly. Yeah, yeah you have to meet like every fucking day at five thirty on the dot. Yeah. Well, it kind of sounds like you guys are Shannon Kilborns. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. Maybe maybe all all you have in you is the to be an associate member. You know. Christy, thank you very much. Just because I couldn't pull it off in my own neighborhood. <laughs> I think I'm a Marianne. I think you're I'm not a Marianne. I'm I'm I I don't know. You have the the fashion sense of a Claudia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we're like Tanner's obviously like a Claudia. Yeah. Um, we were talking about um, ear hole hierarchy as well. Like that. Yeah. That was like that came up a lot. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Do you guys have ear holes? Is that inappropriate? Tanner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have two. I mean, I- other than the ones that everyone has. Right. Right. I have three. I have two in the. I got. I have four, and they were. I got them all done at once. Which wow! Is stupid. Wow. Yeah. Four in how many ears? Two. Okay. It'd be cool to have four in one ear and yeah. none in the other. <laughs> yeah. I had my cartilage pierced when I was fifteen. I went to Catholic high school, and um, it was like the, my most badass moment because I had just pierced it and I couldn't take it out, otherwise it would like heal over itself. And one of the nuns was like, "You got to take that out," and I was like, "Hell no," because then it'll heal. <laughs> and she made she like I got detention the only time in my entire life. And then she made me put a band-aid over it for weeks. <laughs> God And that and that's the most badass moment in your entire life. My rebellion. That was my <laughs> badass moment. That's good. That's good. You stood up to a nun. <laughs> yeah, I have uh one cartilage and then two regular old I yeah, I think I have the same as what Dawn has, which she says I have two holes pierced in each ear, and I'll wear whatever combination of earrings I feel like when I get up in the morning. Two in one ear, none in the other, four non-matching earrings, whatever. Some of the other kids at school probably think I'm weird, but I don't really care. Wow. It's so cool. That is cool. So I think what we've determined is that the more the better Mm. in terms of the hierarchy, but an odd number is more powerful. Right. And asymmetry. Yeah. Asymmetry is, is important. But that's how I know I'm a Christie is because I can't go asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were a Christie, you'd have no holes in your ears because Christie just can't get it together. That was my um, <laughs> that was my burn of the week, guys. Um, <laughs> I was really excited to have a burn of the week. Um, you mean a? <gasps> <laughs> Guys, that was 
was like, I was looking forward to that so much. Brendan, <laughs> my friend is like really jealous that I get to have a burner week with you guys. Um, <laughs> can I read it to you? Yeah. Yes, please. It's, it's one line. It's really simple, but it's just, when you dress like Christy, shopping isn't exactly a thrilling adventure. That's so mean. I love Dawn. Like that's a very good burn of the week. It's so rude. It's like it's fine. It's way better than mine. Mine was just that Mallory accidentally called her teacher mom. <laughs> that is really embarrassing. Mine was also pretty bad. It was that well, it was Dawn talking about that four year old that she's babysitting, and she's like, a lot of the activities too hard for him the ones that involved reading or spelling but, but the find the picture game was perfect i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> hard on that four-year-old <laughs> but okay wait i want to talk about christy's outfit or what they had what they say about christy because i feel like there's some stuff oh, wait if we're, super... if we're gonna talk about christy's outfit i think that is a <laughs> claudia's closet <laughs> it's claudia's closet even when it's christy yeah yeah it's okay. her outfit <laughs> I love that you guys take notes. It's so nice. It's so nice to speak with other people who actually take and refer to their notes about <laughs> yeah, these I books. Let these, me like, tell you. Like, I got notes, Jack. I have something here where they refer to someone as Squirt Man. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of an addition to your burn, Ariana, because it says, while Marianne does have some cool clothes, as I mentioned before, Christy doesn't have any and she doesn't care. She's happiest dressed in jeans, a turtleneck, and sneakers, which she wears just about every day. Yeah, that's the Christie. It's the Christie uniform. <sighs> that's rough. Yeah, it's, it's also now in 2017 very trendy. Like, yeah. Well, I something you guys got into last week, which I felt like there was um, a number of pretty explicit references to in this book, is that Christie is obviously a lesbian. Like, obviously. Well, that's like that's a big fan theory. Is that Christie? is a lesbian or like grows up to be a lesbian maybe these kids haven't quite like discovered sexuality yet but everyone kind of like presupposes that christy grows up to be a lesbian woman Mm -hmm. yeah do you think this outfit of hers betrays that i mean everything about her (laughs) like everything about her does her outfit and um that says she's not terribly interested in boys and then she has her little beard boyfriend bart (laughs) Um, <laughs> doesn't like shopping and she doesn't wear makeup. She is the softball captain or mm-hmm. president or whatever. It's like she's Anne Martin isn't even trying to make yeah. it subtle. Yeah. I like I like bringing Bart into this because he's always described like with a thousand like hedging of bets <laughs> just like and she's going over to Bart's house and like if she were the kind of person to have a boyfriend <laughs> Uh, he would probably be that boyfriend, but it kind of seems like they're just friends, but who knows? Who knows? (laughs) I I do wonder if this came out like 20 years later, if it would be like, if she would be allowed to be like, but I think the fact that they're 13 does, like, I don't know how, I think that, (laughs) I think that she is as explicit as she can possibly get for them being the age that they are. I think there's a real (laughs) opportunity for talented novel writers uh, such oh. as yourselves to oh. modernize the babysitters club, bring them into the 2017, make them in their mid thirties. <laughs> kind of explore what they're up to now as adults. Yeah. Well, my friend um, Emily Weiss wrote a classic post for the hairpin that was the babysitters like 10 or 15 years later oh. or something. Oh, and that's it's good. Like, perfect. Oh my God. Just, I have to look that up. It's spot on. Well, this, this, is a good thing for us to be talking about because Tanner and I agreed that um, like when you have someone on your show, it's usually kind of a quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are coming on our show, which means I think that we get to write your next book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. With you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll each write three thousand words. Sounds like a lot. We'll each write five hundred words, and then pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll each do five hundred words, and you can do okay. the rest. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll have all of our names like in the cover and everything. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. though they only have five hundred words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think really, it's fair. Really we are on the podcast. Yeah. What about, so what do you think about public relations to babysitters <laughs> in the city? Oh, I love it. That's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. The girls can go start a, a public relations office, think, like a firm. So our our protagonist is Rose Reed. She's a publicist. I think she's kind of a Christie. What do you do? You think she's a Christie? She is a Christie with maybe some. I don't know. It's hard to really ever just pick one. I feel like she yeah. has some Marianne tendencies. She has some Claudia tendencies. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because like she's a merging of both of us. Yeah. And we both say we're Christy and Marianne. Anyway. Um, yeah. um, there's also a snake boy loose. <laughs> Wait, what? I, did I miss that? They watch, Jesse and Becca watch a film. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> called Snake Boy Loose in San Francisco. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so funny. The plot sounds fucking amazing. Uh, here, I've got it for you. There was a boy who had swallowed some chemicals by mistake and turned into a half boy, half snake creature. He ran around the city scaring women. This is like p- uh, pickup artist stuff. Yeah. Uh, while they hung out their wash or dusted their furniture. Uh, but then Snake Boy started to become more and more evil. He stalked a teenage girl, watching her as she walked home from school. He even hid in her closet and watched her while she did homework. His plan was to sneak some of the snake chemicals into her soda so that she would become a snake, too, and he'd have companionship. Jesus, I think that's my tearful moment this week. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's like the He-Man bad guy, King Hiss? Oh, yeah. Tanner and I were talking about King Hiss yesterday. Look up a picture of King Hiss, if you can, because he is... um He's legs, man legs from like the waist down and then just snakes. Everything else is snakes. Like his whole torso and arms and face are different snakes. Well, that's what I was going to ask, which is like, it's it's which half? It's quite vague to say half boy, half snake. I was, they said running around. I took that as his top half is the snake, is snake and the top half. Bottom. Oh yeah. Yeah. God, that is such good detective work. That's what, that's what King Hiss is. Yeah, this is creepy. Yeah, that looks right. Well, yeah, so- Baby Nation, we'll post a picture of King Hiss on our King Facebook page. I actually wrote um, a, an erotic fan fiction about a half-man, half-eel, <laughs> and it's inappropriate. Before we even knew about Before- it. You, you wrote this? Yeah, yes. we did, we did. Um, wow. For, yeah, for Shipwreck, which is like a really wonderful um, erotic fan fiction contest that is based in San Francisco. Oh, Jack, we should do that. Oh my God, I'll get you in touch with her. It's, it's the best. Um, but we won for a really fucking dirty, dirty erotic fan fiction about a half man, half eel. And so obviously like I'm in this weird place reading about snake boys. It's like a young boy, it's inappropriate, but it's like we wrote about like a very sexy man yeah. eel. <laughs> like <laughs> eel, but also just like dick. Very long penis. <laughs> Uh-oh. There it goes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, and I think that there, that's a really phallic thing. So, like, you have to be the opposite. Like, you have to be, like, legs on bottom. Otherwise, yeah. it is a very phallic uh, situation. But yeah. And how do you get around, you know? Yeah. But this Kingness is, like, pretty cool. Yeah, he's, like, all snakes. It's so funny. <laughs> this is a joy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's really funny. Do you, do you guys have any, like, closing thoughts about this novel before we talk a little bit about your novel? 
Um, I just want to say that I think Bonzer Sheila is a really cool thing to say about a lady. It's actually uh, pronounced Bonzer Sheila. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Bonzer Sheila. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, you think it's a cool thing because it means uh, sexually attractive female kangaroo. Yeah. Yeah. Another, more pickup artist language. Yeah. Yeah. True. Or we can do, we can have a sexy kangaroo meets sexy eel man. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't know we would, I didn't know we would end up on like a weird, <laughs> like, uh, bestiality. I suspected. I suspected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically, that was Tanner's only note that he took. <laughs> tell, tell the baby nation a little bit about your hit novel public relations what they can expect from it uh, it's out already right it's out now it is out now anywhere you can buy books um it's it's a kind of classic rom-com it's about a young woman who's a publicist um and she takes on a client who is this international british sexy pop star to kind of set up a fake romance between him and a very cool up-and-coming young singer but then of course they catch some feelings so what happens? So then she has to balance her professional ambition with mm-hmm. her uh, growing feelings, and it's you know hilarity and romance ensue. It's we can very confidently say it's a very fun read. It's, it's a good a very, summer book. Yeah. It's a good escapist, very fun read. Yeah. And the and the snake people are they all snake people or or oh it's <laughs> like they're all snake people so it's not yeah. you kind of like read between the lines but like yeah. you it's there for sure it's there. <laughs> Yeah, because I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't have that context. I've been reading it, and it, it, it doesn't. I mean, you wouldn't, right? In a world of snake people, you wouldn't be like, right. "We're all snake people." You just, yeah. like... yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. actually, I think we probably don't describe anyone's um, legs for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good novelistic technique. <laughs> that, well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. That's it. Now, now via audio wizardry. Um, I'm going to bring back in uh, me and Tanner again, continuing to talk. Katie and Ariana, sorry about the um, frankly offensive impressions we do of you. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) And that's what you've just heard, Baby Nation. (laughs) Who is who? (laughs) Babies and gentlemen, we are back. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. It's Jack and Tanner. Katie and Ariana are gone. They have retreated to the murky abyss at the edge of our universe. Yeah, at the end of that interview, I don't know if you could hear it at the end there. I don't know how the audio quality was, but they both uh, became beings of pure ether. Yeah, it was this. There was this blinding flash of what I can only describe as the most perfect pink color. Yeah, baby nation. I, it was <laughs> no joke. <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I wept. I'm honestly still still in tears. I wish that this were a visual medium. I have tears streaming down my face. Yeah, uh, it was gorgeous. Um. Oh, Jack, it was so great being with you here today. It was so great talking uh, to ooh, Katie and Ariana. Ooh, yeah, uh, I have been Tanner can I, Green um, Ring. Can I uh, cut in on you for a second? Uh. uh we promised the Baby Nation that we were going to come back and sing them to sleep. Oh, um, and cats in the cradle and the silver no, no, spoon. No, 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 no. no, little boy blue and the man on the moon. I think any, although you sound good, any singing you can do after the heavenly choir that they just experienced for probably twenty-five minutes 
is is going to be a real letdown. So what I mean by seeing them to sleep is we're going to talk a little bit more about this book. There's more in this text that I want to delve into. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, you want to do that? Yeah. All right, I've got a few thoughts. I've got a few good thoughts. What I'll tell you what you... I want to talk about. Okay. You and I'd love to do with you right now? What? Lay one on. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Anne's just making up Australian expressions now. <laughs> yeah. She did she it did twice in one. this book. Uh, I can't do a very good Ben, but I'm going to try my best. Yeah. Yeah, I can get that, said Ben, taking the bag from my arms. He turned to Mal. Do you want to come in for a snack? I'm sure <laughs> Mum's laid one on, he said to her. <laughs> do you yeah. want to do Can you do a better job of it? It's the very last line of chapter one of the uh, you want me to repeat what you said i think you can do a better ben hobart than i can no yours was fucking good as hell the other thing that ben hobart says is he refers to mal as a bonza sheila yeah a real bonza sheila ah she's a real bonza sheila it's just gibberish and <laughs> you can't just make stuff up i mean you made up dibbly and distant and all that but um Bonza Sheila. Our Australian listeners can weigh in here. Bonza apparently means um, good, very good. Yeah, attractive. And Sheila means female kangaroo. Right. So Ben Hobart, Mallory's uh, suitor, apparently. He lays one on by calling her a Bonza Sheila. He lays one on by calling her a very attractive female kangaroo. Right. And Mal is like, "Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Bonzer. Uh, Bonzer. Bonzer. Bonzer Sheila. No, but in Australian as the the as the the owner of the better Australian accent of the two of us, yeah. which is not to say that it's good. You don't you don't pronounce that R. I can't say, do Bonzer any Sheila. Bonzer Sheila. I'm here to talk to you in an Australian accent. That sounds more um South African. I, I love I I, lo- I love the spring spring box. They're my favorite rugby team. Oh, I can't do I That's South, South African. South African. Do New Zealand. No, that's too close to Australian. No, it's different enough. Okay, fine. I'm from New Zealand. You're a real bonza Sheila. No, you're just doing Australia. <laughs> Let, let's you, put some, some of those New Zealand shrimps on the barbie. Yeah. Peter Jackson. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um, there is some Lord of the Rings stuff in this book. Just the hamster called Frodo. The, so the last book that we read had some Lord of the Rings stuff in it, The Last Mystery. It's called Stacy and the Missing Ring, and this one ring that Stacy finds right. like controls all of the babysitters and right. makes them turn against themselves. Oh, in yeah, book, we agreed that we would look for a sacred object. Yeah. Uh, yeah an object I, of great power in every book. Yeah, so in the last novel, we decided that what's probably happening in these mysteries is that Anne is describing to us the secret artifacts that she uses, that she finds in alternate universes. I swear to you, this is all in the text. To Yeah, no, no, to, no. To enhance her power so that she can keep these babysitters trapped in a permanent twilight of 13 I'm years I'm looking old. through my notes. I don't think I captured any specific items. I do have something about Amber Theory, though. Okay. There's some time dilation stuff happening. Okay. I'm interested. Know what? Asked Jamie as I cleaned up after our snack. I had to stay home from nursery school yesterday. Oh, really? I asked. 
I happen to know that Jamie had been at nursery school the day before because Mrs. Newton mentioned it when she called to arrange this job. But I also know that Jamie calls anything in the recent past yesterday oh, yeah. and anything in the future tomorrow. Yeah. So I figured he was talking ab- about a day last week and Mrs. Newton said he'd had a touch of the flu. So that, yeah. I wonder if it's it's possible that like the kids in this universe who are like closer to innocence. Well, and closer to the babysitters. And, and closer to the babysitters perceive time in the way that it's actually happening. You think so? I'm not quite sure. Like, see... No, I think they... I think the kids are also kind of perceiving time slowly. Like, to Jackie, or to to Jamie Newton, one day is any amount of time. An eternity could be one day. Right. The entire past, everything that came before, fits into one day yesterday. Right. Everything that will be, the entire future, is tomorrow. Right. And so, this kind of explains Jackie Radowski, if that's the case. Because we haven't gotten to the bottom of why Jackie Radowski, new baby bees, Jackie Radowski slips in and out of time. I do not have time to explain it. No. Um, You're just going to have to trust us on this. We haven't gotten to the bottom of why this is happening to him. It may be that his mind just broke. Like, Jamie is able to just kind of conceptualize it, and he's like, okay, whatever. Like, all of the vast expanse of future stretching out in front of me is tomorrow, and all of the vast expanse of the past stretching out behind me is yesterday. And I just, right. like— And we are all, we are all timeless. That. We are all timeless beings floating in a timeless void. But Jackie Radowski, like, either he was too smart or not smart enough, or, like, his brain just wasn't wired the right way, and it broke him. And he's, like, and because of that, like, the fact that time has no meaning in Stony Brook, the fact that, like, every year is the same year in Stony Brook, they're always 13 again, uh, just broke just broke Jackie at some point. And he was, like, and he started slipping in and out of of universes and times. And, like, this temporal I think I found the sacred object. Oh my god, I'm so fucking pleased because I was really just here. My notes kind of stolen for you there. Uh, what did you find? Um, David, Michael, and Karen and Dawn are playing. Please, let's all come in. Oh wow, yeah. David, Michael walked up to the desk and rang the bell. Yes, asked Karen. May I help you? I'm Bruce Stringbean, <laughs> said David, Michael, giggling. I'm a big rock and roll star, and I need a room for me and my manager and all my friends. Do you think Bruce Stringbean? The string bean is maybe the object. <laughs> Let me just make sure I got you right here. Yeah. In the first of these novels, which are about ancient artifacts that control space and time in different ways, the artifact in question is a powerful ring, right. much like the one ring that rules them all, the one ring that binds them, the one ring that brings them all and in the darkness finds them from Lord of the Rings. Right. And in the second novel, the sequel, the ancient artifact that controls space and time that is powerful beyond means is a a a string bean. It's a string bean called Bruce String Bean. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. That's just all I have. I don't have anything else. I'm not sure what else it could be. Yeah, I don't know, man. I well, we fucking I we dropped the goddamn ball on this. There's a sus- there's a suspicious GI Joe. There is a suspicious GI Joe, and you know what I fucking did? Uh, I looked up uh, the new run of GI Joes in 1991, but there were a lot that came out then. There was a new version of the Bat. Did it seem like it? Um, 
was shaped in a way that it could be used in sex play? Oh, not not except in the sense that all G.I. Joes could, but I know I know why you said so, that. Sorry, why do you think all G.I. Joes could be used in sex play? Because they're like because they're fucking sweet, man. Like there's like the cobras. Like <laughs> like there's the whole cobras. Listen, hang on, hang on. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I Let me tell you Jeff. why. Because you're gonna make me feel bad. I, I want to tell you why. I want to get this out. It's not that I'm like a, a like I have a weird G.I. Joe thing, fetishist. But there's it's not But I just like to masturbate onto G.I. Joe no, dolls. Listen, there's the there's what? the cobras, right? There's the, all of the cobras. Uh-huh. But also there's the dreadnoughts, right? And right. those guys are fucking cool as hell and they kind of they like follow Destro and they like do their own fucking thing. And there's yeah, also Serpentor this. and like Serpentor's dudes. So it's not like even within the fucking bad like G.I. Joe's, there's like all these factions. And then on the other side, you've got the Joes, right? But then you've got these like fucking freelancers, like Snake Eyes, and yeah, but like fucking like, how do they feel when they're like inside of you? <laughs> well, that depends. You Are know? you talking about Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow? Like it's different. Like one going to go down blind. the easiest. <laughs> Don is writing a letter to Jeff in California. Yeah, I told Jeff the latest news about the neighborhood and about our mother. Mom actually cleaned out the refrigerator the other day. I wrote, our mom isn't the world's best housekeeper. Guess what she found? (laughs) That G.I. Joe you lost when you were visiting. I'll send it soon. Please don't. Just throw it away. (laughs) Just toss it. Uh, I don't need it. I don't don't need it. I don't need it. Got a new one. I'm good. (laughs) Um, New baby bees? Uh, this This is substantiated in the text. Uh, and I want to uh, preface this by saying that Tanner and I are, well, sorry, the BSCC Limited, our company, is very sex positive. Right. We're not personally. Hey, Baby Nation. Yeah. Stick a G.I. Joe wherever the hell you want. Yeah, you put that G.I. Joe wherever you want. You know what? Put two of them. Like, I used to, when I collected G.I. Joes, I bought a bunch of Cobra Vipers and a bunch of bats because, like, in the TV show, even though, like, you don't. You only need one. You, like it's weird to buy many of the same character. Right. 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 In the TV show, there so you, are like you had a lot of holes. There are dozens of Cobra Vipers. No. 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 Right. I. I didn't and never have put them inside me. But uh-huh. I'm okay if somebody wanted to. But if you want to, Baby Nation, you should. And if you, you should, yeah, Baby Nation, if you take anything away Wait, from what this is episode, sex positive? it's that you should put Cobra Vipers in your butt. Is that? That's what sex positive is. Yeah. Now we've learned. Do it now. (laughs) We'll wait. Don't think, just do. We'll fucking wait. Um, So we are very sex positive. This isn't necessarily how uh, we do do our sex sex doing. No. When we do sex. No. We're sex embarrassed. Yeah, we're sex embarrassed. Like we've heard of it. We've read about it. Babysitters Club Club LLC is sex sex positive. Yeah. Um. Good. I think we've got all of that out. But it is the case, Baby Nation, and new baby bees specifically, that Dawn's mother and Marianne's father, Mr. Spear, the only way they can finish uh, is refrigerator-related. Refrigerator play it involves using things from the kitchen in their lovemaking. Yeah. Usually kind of getting other kind of foreign objects involved. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah, spaghetti tongs, GI Joe G.I. dolls. Yeah, whatever you want. Yep. Um, dude, did you hear that Goldfishy and Crystal Light the Second are getting married? 
I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Woo. That's the breaking news from this book, Baby Nation. I can't wait until that book. Yeah. Karen's Goldfish, Goldfishy, and Crystal Light the Second are getting married. Woo. You fucking kidding do, me? Do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. And just drop that bomb on us. Woo. She just snuck it in there, yeah, too. She just threw it in there. This book is called Beware Dawn. Boy, I sure hope we will have talked a lot about what happens in this book with Katie and or Ariana. God, we'll have to. We'll have to. Because we didn't talk we didn't. <laughs> about much uh, here. Uh, but. One of the things that happens is that Goldfishy and Crystal Light the Second, Karen Brewer's Goldfish, are finally tying the knot. And Anne just what if threw that's that all in there. Katie and Ariana want to talk about <laughs> for the entire like forty-five minutes we're talking to them? Oh man, that's going to be brutal. We're going to have yeah. to keep warning them off. Like, okay, well, cool. <laughs> um, that was some great Goldfish chat. Uh, oh, Jackie was in this book. Uh, no, oh, oh, you just want to keep talking okay. about Crystal Light the Second? Uh, okay, yeah, I yep. think. Yeah, no. I think she probably will wear something beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I'm not. I'm not sure which side of the chapel Karen will sit on. Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, she's got. They're both her goldfish. You know. Maybe she'll officiate. Yeah. Oh no! You think they'll go with a rabbi? Okay. Uh. <laughs> hey Tanner, yeah. uh, let's uh, get the fuck out of here. Okay. What do you think? Good. Um, We've got to get to that interview with Katie and Ariana. No, uh, we already did it. No. (laughs) I think I would have remembered that. Um, Just in case we couldn't get it together to make that happen, should we just do like a quick outro with them as well? Sure, if you you need to. Um, All right. Thank you for having us. You guys are very welcome. I really hope that... um, that, uh, now that your book is out, a lot of people are going to buy it. They're going to learn a lot about the art of pubic relations. I know the exact date that you will die on, Jack. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, sh- I see <laughs> Shut it down. Shut the whole <laughs> fucking thing down. <laughs> um, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. This week, Baby Nation, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. I have been Tanner Daniel Greenring. This week... And we have been Katie and Ariana. This week we read a book, uh, Babysitter's Club, a mystery, called Beware Dawn. Um, And next time we read a mystery, Baby Nation, we're going to read a book called Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Even though this was just a mystery, uh, you're not off the hook. Please do rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast right. on the Hit Podcast Network, iTunes. And, and, and go out and buy Pubic Relations <laughs> by Katie Haney and Ariana Rebellini. Yeah. <laughs> go out and get it. It'll be, it's like doing sex on Harry Styles himself. It's very fun. Um, it really is. A, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful novel. You will, um, you will enjoy it. Um, Guys, that's it. That's That's actually pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented.
We're in. All right. Hack the planet. Acid burn. Acid burn. Crash override. Girl hacker. That's acid burned. Oh. You're bad at this game. I already named two hackers from hackers. And There's I... only two hackers in hackers. No, they're not. They have like a whole crew. <laughs> You're literally already Googling? No. No, we haven't even started talking. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>